Hello girls, welcome to So Girls Podcast. This is a place of conversation featuring stories of girls like you who have been influencing the world with the light of Jesus. Our vision is to raise a generation of girls who soar in Christ. We believe our conversations will lift, lead and launch you into your God destiny. So dive in. Our guest today is Jessica Harris. She is a blogger, author and storyteller. From the pain caused by a father who walked away to the trauma of a sexual abuse by a peer in elementary school to years long struggle with pornography. She is now helping women who are struggling with sexual shame by communicating God's grace in their lives. Welcome, Jessica. We're so glad to have you today. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Great, great. So, Jessica, let me ask you, when uh, did you get clarity for yourself to work with women in God's ways who are dealing with shame? Yeah. So when I I finished Bible college <clears throat> and I wanted to go on to be a doctor, that was my that was my dream. That was my goal. And my ambition was to be a doctor. And so I was looking into how to do that and where I wanted to go next and just felt like no doors were opening. And so I prayed and I said, God, what on earth do you want me to do? Because I've always wanted to do this, become a, a, a physician and here nothing seems to be working out. So what, what is it? What do you want me to do? And um, I remembered something that someone had told me in Bible college. She said, you're a really gifted writer. And I think you're going to be a writer. And I thought I am not going to be a writer. <laughs> um, that was, that was not, uh, I, I love to do it for myself, but not for other people. And I thought I can't be a journalist. I can't be an editor of a magazine. I, I do love writing, but I don't know what I would write about. And it was like, God said, you're going to share your story. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> Under no circumstances am I going to share my story because that was the last, it's the last thing I wanted people to know about me, the struggles that I've had. And when you start to write about them, it becomes the first thing that people know about you. So I did not want to do it. I fought God on it for a couple of years. And I finally started to share my story online on a blog and got asked to speak at a conference and it was at the conference um the workshop that i led was on lust and the workshop sold out and mm -hmm. there were so many women in there there wasn't space for all of them to sit so some of them were sitting on the floor mm -hmm. and i remember walking out of that room thinking i'm not anybody nobody knows my name no like it's not because they didn't come to the workshop because it was me they came yeah. to the workshop because they're looking for hope and they want someone, they want answers for the struggles that they're having. Right. And I walked out of there and I thought, how can I leave them there? You know, if I know yeah. that women are struggling and I know what that struggle is like personally, because I've been there and I've had that experience and all I ever wanted in my struggle was for someone to acknowledge that I existed, you know, and for someone to talk about what I was going through, how can I 
stay silent and walk away and leave them there. And so that was kind of my, I call it my Esther moment because it was kind of like the moment where God said to me, like, you can go and have life the way you want it. You can save yourself Mm -hmm. or you can be part of the deliverance that I'm going to bring to this generation of women. And I wanted to be a part of it. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. So tell us your victory story. Oh, my victory story. So, um, I, struggled with pornography for those that don't understand what's happening here. I struggled with pornography. I was exposed when I was 13. I struggled all throughout high school and I very much struggled alone. When I went to look for resources, there weren't any resources for women. So I thought, oh my goodness, I am the only woman in the world who has managed to get into this mess. I was raised in a Christian home. So then it felt like even worse, like now God and the church are going to be mad at me. And I wanted to find a way out because it was controlling my life. I didn't necessarily think anything was wrong with it at first, Mm. but I didn't like the control that it had over me. I didn't like that. I couldn't say no. I didn't like that. I couldn't stop it or control it. So (laughs) I looked for help to try to get it under control. And that's when I realized, oh, I think I'm the only woman in the world who's done this. So I struggled with that shame for a couple of years of thinking, I am so messed up and I am so, I have screwed up so bad. No one's ever going to understand. No one's ever going to be able to help me. And it wasn't until my second, um, I, I went to college and I left. And so the second college that I went to, they had a women's event where they said, and we know some of you struggle with pornography and we want to help you. And that was an opportunity for me to share that this was a struggle that I had, that this was a stronghold in my life. It was an area that was keeping me from living my fullest potential because I had kind of gone off to Bible college thinking, all right, God, like I'll do whatever you want, but this has to come with me. The struggle has to come with me. I've tried to break free. I couldn't. So oh, well, you know, (laughs) there's, there are missionaries around the world who have struggles, you know, it'll be okay. Like, I just, I just had this mentality of God, you can have everything else. Like I'll do anything that you want me to do. I just don't know how to beat this. So it just has to stay. Mm. And that meeting, that women's event was an opportunity for me to say like, actually, this is a stronghold in my life. And this is an area that's keeping me back. And this is an area where I need help to be able to find victory because I don't know how to do that and a team of women came around me and helped me walk that path toward freedom and for and toward victory it took a long time it took like two years for me to really feel like I was experiencing freedom but that's where it all started yeah yeah and now you're free from uh, the addiction for how many years Jessica oh goodness um probably maybe 15 <laughs> 15 or more yeah <laughs> that's fantastic amazing how god works in us and your story is so inspiring you know um we all know pornography is a sin according to the bible but really what does it does to the one who's using it yeah so it's a really great question um first i think pornography can present itself as like a false a false sense of satisfaction, a false lover, whatever you're going to it for, it's false. So we're all driven to sin by something. So um, whether that's <clears throat> like, why do we, why do people get angry? Well, something triggers that 
choice in that decision. So when we struggle with pornography or, or sins like that, it's important for us to ask what is driving me to this? Is it, mm-hmm. think about even in the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah. What drove Eve to actually take the fruit that she wasn't supposed to? It was the belief that God was not being truthful with her and that he was holding out on her. And that's what made her make that decision. So we have to ask ourselves, what is driving me to pornography? What is it? And then that's where we're going to find what it where it can damage us. So for me, when I was 13, 14, 15, when I was younger, it was just a coping mechanism. It was a a way of getting away. It was a way I wanted to feel like I belonged. I wanted to feel like I was attractive. I wanted to feel like I had significance and value. And so pornography tried to fill that. Well, it, it can't, right? It, it It can't. It can try to, and it can give you temporary relief from these feelings of inadequacy and these feelings of pain, but it does not give you value. It does not give you worth. It does not give you significance. It does not give you love. It lies to you about all of those things. As I got older, it just became an escape from life. Like emotions would be overwhelming and I would just go to pornography for relief. Well, that's not teaching you how to bring things to God. That's not teaching you how to heal. That's not teaching you how to have relationships. And so a lot of the damage that pornography can do depends on the weakness that's leading you there because it's going to prey on that weakness. It's not going to hit you where you're strong. It's going to hit you where you're weak and it's going to weaken that even more. And so it can damage your your emotional ability, like ability to handle emotions, your emotional resiliency, it can damage your relationships with other Mm -hmm. people and being able to have relationships with other people. It can absolutely damage your view and understanding of sex and intimacy, like intimacy aside from, from sex. Um, It can damage that for sure. It can damage your body image. Um, it can just, your sense of worth can be completely depleted. There's so much damage that can do and the damage that it will do in your life depends on what's driving you to it to begin with. Wow. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. What's driving you to it. I think Mm -hmm. majorly what I really like what you shared is it just attacks on your identity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you seek uh, for something that you're not going to get from pornography yeah amazing amazing you know uh, what you said uh, really touches me so that brings me to you know thinking you know when i try to expose my addiction it will only bring rejection and shame so why why should i do it right so that's it's so hard because rejection and shame isn't the heart of god right it's it's a product of the cultures that we're in and i don't just mean like like even our family, like our individual family cultures or our church cultures mm-hmm. can be cultures of shame. Mm-hmm. And that's not the heart of God. And so that can make things so hard because it's like the community that's supposed to be supporting us and supposed to be walking this journey with us. And the Bible says, confess your faults one to another why to find healing like that's what it's supposed to be for like that's but i think so often the communities that are around us that god put there to help us draw closer to him and to find healing 
have missed their mission and have become communities that instead promote the the work of shame and of darkness and division and say oh you you struggle with this like oh my goodness you don't you don't belong with us anymore and that's that's not the truth that's not god's heart for his church that's not his heart for his his family kind of you know he doesn't want his family to be kicking each other out <laughs> over everything and he his intention is community brings healing and grace and the gospel calls us into reconciliation and community. And so it's it's hard when you're in, I was in a church community for a long time that was not understanding of this struggle. For a long time, my family was not understanding of this struggle. Even when I started writing about it and sharing my story, it was something that they did not talk about. It was cool, Jessica's a writer, but we don't talk about what she's done. We don't talk about her story. We just think it's neat that she's, a writer. So I, I get it. I get the feelings of, wow, like I don't even belong in my own flesh and blood family. Like they don't even want to talk yeah. about this and talk about God's grace for it. And so there's an extra added challenge for those of us who are in communities like that to almost unfortunately have to ignore <laughs> the the voice of shame coming from the community around us and go back to God's word because the people around us don't speak for God, right? right. And so we have to go back to the Bible and hear what God says about us himself because the voice coming from the people who should be pointing us to him isn't reflecting his heart for us. And so that's an added challenge. It can make it a much much more difficult decision, but I love what um, another author said. She said, um, someone else's, your freedom cannot be dependent on someone else's no. So if you truly want freedom and if you truly want victory in this area and want to experience grace, that's not dependent on another person's acceptance or rejection of you. That's all dependent on, on God and Christ and his work done for us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, uh, truly wanting freedom when did you reach to the point i mean i'm sure uh, in addiction a lot of times we just lie to ourselves that uh we're okay we're doing good right nothing's yeah. going wrong nothing about it uh but uh, when did you reach to that point where hey you know what i'm done i need freedom yeah. i think when it was so my senior year of high school my last year of high school it was absolutely controlling my life like every spare moment it felt like I was trying to find a way to consume pornography and so it was starting to affect my grades it was starting to affect my sleep um, it just was it was really starting to have negative effects on me and I thought this is not <laughs> this is not what I signed up for and um, I want out of this I, I'm done and that's kind of when I started to look for freedom or try to find help couldn't find any i went off to college and was caught and you've you've read my story because you've yeah. been daughter but went off to college and was caught and they said oh we know this wasn't you women just don't have this problem and so mm. i sunk way down into shame there because i thought wow i'm really stuck like this is mm. this is the only way out and as much as i would love to get out of this you're telling me that there's no way out basically um, so I left that college and God really just got a hold of my life where it was 
everything that I had wanted. So the, just to have a life that made an impact. That's really what I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. don't we all, right? Mm-hmm. We want a life that makes a difference. And God got a hold of my life in that year after I left college. And I remember being so convicted by, it was actually by the death of a friend that I had been living by man's standards. And that really what makes a difference is the love of Jesus Christ and how we love other people. And so I was like, all right, God, I will love you. But like I said before, this comes with me. I, I don't know how to get free of this. And so it wasn't until somebody said, like, there is freedom from this. We can help you get out of this. And this is not what God wants for you. He doesn't want for you to live life 90% serving him and 10% stuck in something else. Like, he he wants to give you freedom, true freedom and whole freedom. And once someone told me that, and once someone told me that I wasn't alone in my struggle and that that kind of freedom was possible for someone like me, I wanted that. You wouldn't want that. You know, if you feel stuck in something, if you feel trapped in something, if you feel smothered by shame about something, and then someone stands in front of you and says, Hey, it doesn't have to be like this. Mm. Who wouldn't want that? And yeah, it's hard work and it takes time and it can be frustrating, but, but, and there's a lot of dying to self that happens, but man, if you're telling me that on the other side of this, I can experience an abundant life that doesn't have these markers of shame and addiction and struggle that I can live in the light and walk in freedom. I want that. I want that. And so that's kind of the journey that led me like I wanted freedom, wasn't sure if it was possible and then was told it was possible. And so then I stepped into it and wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, grace is available. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, your book, uh, there's something beautiful that I got in your book, which says the, the new book that we will talk about, it says shame lies likes to pretend it's keeping us safe. Shame tells mm. us that staying in the dark keeps us from keeping our hearts broken. Wow. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So I, when I wrote Quenched, I wanted to talk about and really address head on the lies of shame that we can experience in our lives. Because one of the lies or the greatest works that shame can do is it cuts us off from God, right? It tells us God wants something to do with us. And if God wants something to do with us, then we're stuck. Like if God can't help us, then we're, we're helpless. We can't be helped. So if shame can convince me that God wants nothing to do with me, then it has cut me off from the only source of freedom and recourse that I have. So I wanted to talk about the way that shame can show up in our lives. And one of the ways that shame can show up is it just seems like it's looking out for us, right? I'm just trying to protect, I'm trying to protect myself from all these judgmental people. I'm trying to protect myself from losing this position. And we just believe that we're making choices in our best interest and that it is the right choice. Mm. But shame's not our friend, right? Mm. And and if left alone, shame will continue to drive us to cut off relationships and it will drive us into hiding and it will drive us into isolation until we are alone and unknown. And we thought we were protecting ourselves, but now nobody knows us truly and we don't have deep relationships, which are two of the things that we're created to have we are created to be in relationship with people we're created to be known and so shame will say well you know you don't want don't talk to her because she 
you know, might judge you. Don't tell your family this because they might kick you out. Don't do this because they, and shame looks like it's the big brother or big sister trying to, you know, defend us and protect mm -hmm. us. But what it's really doing is just driving us further and further away from where God wants us to be and the relationships that he's called us to and the community and grace that he has called us to. And it's hard to see sometimes because when we're hurt, um, it, we want protection, right? And when the word God's grace calls us to like be protected by the people who are actually hurting us, it starts to get confusing and shame looks like the way out. It looks like the way that makes yeah. sense. Um, but it's important for us to recognize when those voices of shame are speaking into our lives or when we're starting to believe the lie of shame, that if we let it run its course, the end is isolation and being unknown. It, it's everything that we're afraid of anyway, that we think shame is protecting us from. It's actually driving us toward. Oh, yeah. So true. The end is not what God's promise is. Mm -hmm. to get you towards God it just takes you away from God yeah mm -hmm. so true thank you so much for sharing that you know uh, we'd like to talk about your book I'm so excited uh, to uh, get hold of your book and you know uh, read the book Quenched can you tell us who who should read this book and why should I read like for, the, for my listeners who are struggling yeah so this book was written very much for the the women who struggle and who believe that God maybe doesn't have the time for them. I, I got so many emails. I've done this. I started my blog in 2009. So it's been 14 years. And over those years, I've gotten so many emails from Christian women who want to love the Lord, who want to serve Jesus and who are stuck in this sin. And who will say things to me like, I can't even open my Bible and read right now. I'm sure God's disgusted with me. Mm. Or I'm sure God wants nothing to do with me. He probably just thinks I'm a hypocrite. I think God's frustrated with me and he's going to give up on me. Like all of these lies about God that are introduced because of shame. And so I wanted to address to those women who wonder what God thinks of them in the midst of their struggle. Mm. This is what God thinks of you. The quenched is for those women who would say, there's no way I can even come to God with this. I can't pray. I can't, God hates my guts because of this. And that's not true. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. not, that is not the truth. And so quenched was my desire to take the gospel and apply it to the life of a woman who is struggling. Cause I think what we do is we sit in our church communities and we, we hear about how good God is and we hear about the gospel and we hear about grace and shame says yes for everybody but you. Like, not mm. it's not for you. Mm. And I wanted to have a resource that looked at those women and said, it is for you. It is absolutely for you. Um, so it's a, a Bible study in a way. It's kind of a Bible study through John 4 um, and the, the interaction of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. So it's primarily for the women who would identify as women who struggle, who believe in God, who are trying to understand what God's heart is for them in the midst of a struggle and how they can find freedom from it. Wow. Yeah. We're so excited to go grab the book and read it. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. I mean, uh, um, I, I don't think I know many people who would be so bold 
to talk about uh, pornography. And we just really thank God for your life, Jessica. Thank you. Pornography is also a very, very sensitive topic in India, right? So, you know, you have so much of experience in dealing with women who who share to you what they go through. What What's your suggestion to us as a community? How can we open those doors to people to come and be healed and, you know, share and help them? What should we do as a community? Absolutely. I think one of the, the best things you can do is just start changing the conversation. So you don't have to have huge structures in place. You don't need to have a, a special support group meeting. You don't need to have this big infrastructure in place before you can start opening that, opening those doors and changing those conversations. This is something that happens over tea at your local coffee shop. Like this is, this is something that changes in one-on-one smaller conversations. And then those build to change a community. So this is the woman who's brave enough to share that this was part of her struggle too. Like this is, this is the woman who's found victory and freedom. Cause I'm not the first <laughs> and who sits down and shares part of her testimony and is brave enough to include this part in her testimony, no matter what this is the, the women who say like, Hey, as we're having this women's event, this Christian women's event, we do want to mention that this can be a struggle that women have. And it doesn't, have to be bigger than that. It doesn't have to be a huge conference on women and pornography. You know, it doesn't have to be a special event just for this. It doesn't, you don't need to have 50 different copies of a book. You know, you don't need all of that. What you need is the practical one-on-one conversations that communicate the grace of God. Because again, if you've grown up in these communities that are unfortunately, so can be so laced with shame, whether on purpose or not, you know, even silence can be shameful. So if you've grown up in those, seeing someone who says, Hey, you're not alone. And if you need help, I'm here is huge. It's, it's a blow to shame. It's, it, it starts to tear down those walls because shame's telling you people aren't safe. And so the way you start combating this is become a community where it's safe to talk about where, Hey, you know, we're not expecting everybody in this room to have struggled with this, but if you have, you can come and you can talk to one of us, or it's, it's the woman getting up and saying, this is actually part of, of my story and being willing to share that. So I think it it is, it's just changing the little conversations. It doesn't have to be a big event or a big Thing. It doesn't need a lot of fanfare. It can just be the the smaller one-on-one meetings where you just say like, hey, this is part of it. And I tell people all the time, they're welcome to throw me under the bus. <laughs> so mm-hmm. welcome, you're welcome to say like, hey, I just listened to this podcast and there's this woman in America who like struggled with pornography. And I didn't even realize that women could struggle with pornography. But man, if we don't need to be a community where they understand that they have grace, like that speaks so much freedom and so much hope to a woman who has been struggling in silence and thinking that her community is not safe. You have just shown her that it is, and you've given her the ability to take those first steps in fighting shame and walking in freedom. Wow, wow. Thank you so much for that. I think that's going to be so helpful for us because we know that many women won't even talk about the fact that they're struggling with pornography. Right. 
like you rightly said, maybe the community that we are in is stopping them to, and that's not what servers want. Servers wants all you know women to come and you know talk about it, so that because we know that's the only way you can get over your shame and you know set be set free from your addiction because your community is so important. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you so much. I think uh, we'll go back and do something like that, and it'd be amazing to see some people come forward and be set free. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. You know, thank you so much for, uh, for coming in, Jessica, and pouring your heart out. This is going to be a blessing to so many. I can already feel the power of God in your conversation. And I know that uh, your story has, has the ability to reach out to so many women and set them free. Mm -hmm. I already see so many stories coming in to us and saying, hey, you know what, this is, this is, this is how it touched me. Would you, would you like to say something to the listeners or pray for us? I'll leave it out yeah. to you. Yeah. So um, one thing I definitely want to say, and then I can absolutely pray, is one thing that we've seen here as we've worked with women who have had this struggle is um, we just feel like God is continuing to punish us, right? So I was single until I was 32. And it can be easy when you're wanting something that is good to and aren't getting it to feel like well this is god punishing me for for my sins that i've done mm -hmm. and so i see it all the time in, in emails that i get from from women who are struggling and are single saying like i'm never going to get married because like god is punishing me for all of these years of sin that's not how god works so <laughs> um so that would be my encouragement to those women i have an absolutely amazing husband and he is very well aware of my story and of my struggles and um, is super supportive of the ministry that I have. And it, like, I didn't deserve that. Right. And so God's grace is a, a full and abounding grace. It's not one that, that holds something away from us because we don't deserve it. Does that make sense? So it's mm -hmm. not like, well, you're single because you spent five years struggling with pornography. So until you spend five years miserable as a single person, you're not going to be able to be married. That's not, <laughs> that's not that's how that works. And there, there might be healing that needs to happen. That is good. There's growth that needs to happen. That is good. There's, there are a lot of things that we can believe lies. We can believe about marriage and about relationships and about what a man means to me that need to change. And those are all good. That's a good process to walk through. It's not punishment. It's it's growth and it's healing. And when we see that God's not giving us what we want, we have to stop thinking that it's because God's blaming us for something. And I, so that's just, it's something that I, I try to encourage women with because I think as, especially when it comes to things like singleness, you know, we think, well, God, if you just let me get married, then this all would go away. No, it would not. <laughs> it does not. It doesn't fix it. Um, but he's also not sitting up there dishing out husbands to other women who are more deserving. Like that's not how this is, is working. And so kind of set aside that mindset of, well, my singleness is a punishment or, what this hard thing that I'm going through is just God punishing me. Like, no, it, it could very well be his way of helping you find healing and growth. That's necessary. I think if I had gotten married right out of my husband, and I talk about this all the time. If we got married 10 years earlier, you know, right out of me, right out of my addiction, that our marriage would have been absolutely horrible because, mm -hmm. like, because I was just so immature in my faith and so immature in my freedom. 
and God used those years not to punish me, but to mature me. And now we're seeing this fruitful and beautiful relationship that is a gift. And so, it, and it's not like I deserve it and no one else does. Like, that's not how, that's not how God is. That's not who he is. He doesn't withhold, he doesn't withhold good things from us. He gives good things to us. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm just, just wanting to encourage women with that. And then I'm, I'm more than happy um, to pray and encourage again, that whatever freedom looks like to you and you think is impossible, like, oh, there's no way I could be a mom. There's no way I could be married. There's no way I could do this. It is absolutely possible with with mm-hmm. Jesus and with with time. It just takes time. So be be patient and grow in him and abide in him. But let's go ahead and pray. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for, for your grace, that you are a, a God who loves us unconditionally and that the gospel is a story of your pursuit of us and our freedom. You have you have fought for our freedom. Your desire is to set us free. So I pray for the women who are listening, who are struggling and might feel so overwhelmed and surrounded by shame. And they might feel that there is no safe place for them to be able to share this part of their story and to come forward and to find healing. I pray that you would draw them to you and help them to find their safety and their refuge in you. You are a a strong tower. You are a refuge for us. You are a rock on which we can stand. So I pray that they would ultimately run to you and know that you're not, you are not shaming them. You are not pushing them away. You are not telling them to go and clean themselves up first before they can come to you, that you are standing ready to welcome them and to help them and to be their source of strength as they fight for freedom and as they journey toward freedom. I just pray that they would make that step. And I pray for those who are in those sorts of environments that you would send somebody safe, maybe someone who's listened to this podcast who hasn't struggled can still be someone who is safe for somebody else who has and can still be a voice of grace and can still bring the fullness of the gospel and the reconciliation that you want to those women who are struggling. God, we pray for freedom. We pray for captives to be set free, for lives to be changed and for hearts to be healed um, from all of the damage that can be done by the struggle and all of the shame that can accompany it. We just pray for communities to, to grow into safe places for women to know that Jesus loves them, mm. that he desires their freedom and he desires their healing and that he has good good gifts for them and good plans and intentions for them i thank you for this ministry and their heart to see women walk in the destiny that you have for them and so we we know that we can't do that with huge burdens of sin and shame riding on our backs and so we Mm. pray for we pray for victory and for Mm -hmm. freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. That was a powerful prayer. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you again for coming in and blessing us with your beautiful story. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode. If you find this inspiring and think someone needs to hear this today, do share this episode link with them. For sharing is caring. Also, don't forget to visit our website soulgirls.com and check out our weekly blogs, free resources and other exciting digital content.